Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Camilla by Joseph Sheridan Dupuy Chapter 3 We Compare Notes We followed the cottage with our eyes until it was swiftly lost in to sight in the misty wood and the very sound of the hooves and wheels died away in the silent night air. <clears throat> Nothing remained to assure us that the adventure that had, been, had not been illusion of a moment. The young lady, who just at that moment opened her eyes, I could not see, for her face was turned from me, but she raised her head eventually, looking about her, and I heard a very sweet voice ask complainingly, Where is Mamma? Our good Madame for Peridon answered tenderly and asked some comfortable and added some comfortable assurances. Then I heard her ask, where am I? What is this place? And after she said, after that she said, I don't see the carriage. Miska, where is she? Madame answered all her questions, in so far as she understood them. And gradually the young lady remembered how misadventure came about. I was glad to hear that no one in the inn or attendance on the carriage was hurt. And on learning that her mamma had left her here until she returned, in about three months she wept. I was going to add my consolations to those of Madame Peridon that when Manuel de Fontaine placed her hand upon my arm, saying, Don't approach. One at a time is as much as you can at present converse with. A very little excitement would possibly overpower her now. As soon as she as she's comfortably in bed, I thought I'd run up to her room and see her. My father, in the meantime, had sent a servant on horseback for a physician, who lived about two leagues away. A bedroom was being prepared for the young lady's reception. A stranger now rose, and leaning on Madame's arm, walked slowly over the drawbridge into the castle gate. In the hall, servants waited to receive her. She was conducted forthwith to a room. The room which we usually sat in, as our dining room, is long, having four windows. They looked over the moat and drawbridge upon the forest scene I have just described. It is furnished in old carved oak with large carved cabinets, and the chairs are cushioned with crimson velvet. The walls are covered with tapestry and surrounded with great gold frames. The figures being as large as life in ancient and very curious costume. Subjects represented are hunting, hawking and generally festive. It's not too stately to be extremely comfortable. And here we are, and here we had our tea, for 
with his usual paralytic learning leanings, he insisted the national beverage should make its appearance regularly with our coffee and chocolate. We sat there here this night, the candles lighted, where talking upon over the venture of the evening, Madame Paradon and Mademoiselle de Fontaine were both our party. The young stranger hardly lay down in her bed when she sank into deep sleep, and those ladies had left her in the care of a servant. How do you do you like our guests? I asked, as soon as Madame entered. Tell me about her. Tell me all about her. I like I like her extremely, answered Madame. She is, I always think, the prettiest creature I ever saw, about your age, and so gentle and nice. She's absolutely beautiful for him, Mademoiselle, who peeped in for a moment into the stranger's room. And such a sweet voice, said Madame Perdon. Do you remark a woman in a carriage after it was about after it was set up? Who did not get out? inquired Mademoiselle. Mademoiselle. But only looked from the window. No, we had not seen her. Then she described a hideous black woman with a sort of coloured turban on her head. I was gazing all the time to the carriage window, nodding and grinning derisively towards the ladies with gleaming eyes and large white eyeballs, her teeth set as if in fury. Did you remark what an ill-looking pack of men the servants were? asked Madame. Yes, said my father. They had just come in, ugly, hang on, old hang dog, looking fellows as ever I had beheld in my life. I hope they haven't may not rob the poor lady in the forest. They are clever rogues, however. They've got everything to write. They got they've got everything to rights in a minute. I dare say they've worn out with the too long travelling, said Madame. Besides, looking wicked, their faces are so strangely lean and dark and sullen. I'm very curious, I own. But I dare say that a young lady will tell you all about it tomorrow, if she's significantly recovered. I don't think she will, said my father, with a mysterious smile, and then nodded to of his head, as if he knew more about it than he cared to tell us. It made us all the more inquisitive as to what had passed between him and Lady Black Velvet, a brief but earnest interview immediately preceded her departure. We were scarcely alone when they treated him to tell me. He did not need much pressing. There is no particular reason. Reason why he should not tell you? She expressed her reluctance troubles to the care of her daughter, saying she was in delicate health, nervous, but not subject to any kind of seizure. She volunteered, not nay, to any illusion, being, in fact, perfectly sane. How very odd to say all that, I implorated. It was unnecessary. At all events, it was said, she laughed, as, as you wish to know, all that passed, which was indeed very little. I tell you, she then said, I am making a long journey of vital importance. She emphasized the word rapid and secret. She returned to my for my child in three months. In the meantime, she be silent to the you to who we are, whence we come and wherever we go we are travelling. That is all she said. She spoke very pure French. Then she said the word secret. She paused for a few seconds, looking sternly, her eyes fixed on mine. Fancy she makes a great, great point of that. She saw how quickly she was gone. Hope I had not done a very foolish thing, taking in charge of a young lady. 
For my part, I was delighted and longing to see and talk to her, only waiting till the doctor should give me leave. You who live in the towns can have no idea how great an event induction of a new friend is in such a solitude as surrounded us. The doctor didn't arrive until nearly one o'clock, when I could no, could no more have gone to my bed and slept, when I should have overtaken or foot the carriage which the princess in black velvet had driven away. The physician came down to the drawing room. It was report very favourably upon his patient. She was now sitting up, her pulse quite regular, apparently perfectly well. She was to say no injury, a little shock to her nerves had passed away quite harmlessly. There could be no harm certainly to my seeing her. We both wished. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. With this permission, I sent forthwith know whether she would allow me to visit her for a few minutes in her room. The servant turned immediately to say that she desired nothing more. I made it be sure I was not long in availing myself of this permission. I visited one of the handsomest rooms in the Solis. It was perhaps a little stately, as a sombre piece of tapestry opposite the foot of the bed, representing Cleopatra and Asp of her bosom. Another solemn basic scene, classic scenes were displayed, little faded upon the other walls, but there was a gold carving of rich and varied colour enough in the other decorations of the room to more than redeem the gloom of the old tapestry. There were candles at the bedside she was sitting at, a slender pretty figure of elevote, enveloped, in a soft silk dressing gown, embroidered with flowers and lined with quick, thick quilted silk, which her mother had thrown over her feet, she lay upon the ground. What was it that? What was it that? What was it that? As I reached the bedside and had to forget my little greeting, stopped me dumb a moment and made me recall a step or two before, from before her. I may well tell you. I saw the very face which visited me in my childhood at night, which remained so fixed in my memory, and on which I was so many years so often ruminated with horror, when no one suspected of what I was thinking. It was pretty, more even beautiful. When I first beheld it, wore the same melancholy expression, but this almost instantly lighted into a strange fixed smile of recognition. It was a silence of fully, of fully a minute, and then at length she spoke. I could not. How wonderful, she exclaimed. Twelve years ago I saw your face in a dream. It's haunted me ever since. Wonderful indeed, I repeated, overcoming with an effort of an effort the horror I had for a time to spend in my utterances. Twelve years ago my vision a reality. I certainly saw you. I could not forget your face. It reminded before my eyes ever since, as my eyes softened. Whenever I fancied strange in it was gone, and it and her, and her, and her dumpling cheeks were now delightfully pretty and intelligent. 
I felt sure that if it did more in vain, which hospitality indicated a bit of welcome, and tell her how much pleasure her accidental arrival given us all, especially what by happiness it was for me to me. I took her hand as I spoke, as a little shy, as lonely people are. The situation made me eloquent and even bold. She pressed my hand. She laid her, uh, laid hers upon it. Her eyes glowed as looking hastily into mine. She smiled again and blushed. I answered my welcome very prettily. I sat down beside her, still wondering, and she said, I must tell you that my vision about you it is so very strange that you and I should have had each had each of the other so vivid a dream that each should have seen I you and you me against as we now do now which of course we both were mere children and of course we were both mere children I was a child about six years old I awoke from a confused and troubled dream I found myself in a room and like my nursery wainscoted clumsily in some dark wood and with covers and bedsteads and chairs and benches placed about it. The beds were, I thought, all empty, and the room itself without anyone but myself in it. I, after looking about me for some time and marrying, especially the iron candlestick with two branches, which I should certainly know, again crept under one of the beds to reach the window. But as I got, uh, but as I got from under the bed, I heard something cry, someone crying. Looking up, while I was still upon my knees, I saw you. Most assuredly you, I see you now, beautiful young girl, with green hair, large blue eyes and lips, your lips, you are as you were here, your looks won me, I climbed on my on the bed, I put my arms around you, I think we both fell asleep, and aroused my scream when you were sitting up, screaming, I was frightened and slipped down upon the ground, it seemed to me I was conscious for a while, and when I came to myself, I was again in my nursery at home. Your face, I must never, I have never forgotten since. I could not be misled by mere resemblance. You are the lady whom I saw then. It was my turn to relate my corresponding vision, which I did to the undisguised wonder my new acquaintance. I don't know which should be the most afraid of the other, she said again smiling. But you were less pretty, I think I should be very much afraid of you. But being as you are, and you and I both are so young, I feel only I, if I had made your made your acquaintance twelve years ago, have already right to your intimacy. Imp, All the events in it does not seem as if we were destined from our earliest childhood to be friends. I wonder whether you feel as strangely drawn towards me as I do to you. I never had a friend. Shall I find one now? She sighed, and fine dark eyes played passionately on me. Now the truth is, I rather uncandidly towards Now the truth is, I felt rather uncandidly towards a beautiful stranger. I did feel as if she said, drawn towards her, but there was also something of repulsion. In this ambiguous feeling, ever as the sense of attraction immensely prevailed. You interested? and won me. She was so beautiful and incredibly engaging. I see you now, something of languor, exhaustion, stealing over her, and I hastened to bid her good night. The doctor thinks, I added, you ought to have a maid to sit up with you one night, and a, with you night tonight. One of ours is waiting. 
you will find her a very useful and quiet creature. How kind of you, but I could not sleep. I never could with attendant in the room. I shan't require any assistance. I shall I confess my weakness. I haunted with a terror of robbers. My house was robbed once, and two servants died to murders, so I always locked my doors. It was has become a habit. You look so kind, I know you will forgive me. I see there is a key in the lock. She held me close in her pretty arms for a moment, whispered in my ear, Good night, darling. It's very hard to part with you, but good night tomorrow. But but not early. I'll see you again. She sank back on the pillow with a sigh, and her fine eyes gazed. Fine eyes followed me, a fond of melancholy gaze, and she murmured again, Good night, dear friend. Young people like, they even love on impulse, are flattered by the evident, evident, evident. Though as yet undeserved fondness she showed me, I liked the confidence in which she had once received me. She was determined that we should be very clear friends. Next day came and we met again, was delighted with a companion. That is to say, in many aspects, her looks lost nothing in daylight. She was certainly the most beautiful creature I had ever seen an unpleasant resemblance of the face po- posted in my, fir- my early dream had lost the effect of the first unexpected recognition. She confessed that she experienced a similar shock on seeing me, and was such a saint faint apathy, apathy had mingled with my admiration for her. We now laughed together over our monetary horrors. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.